This is WMPG. My name is Dr. Anne, and this is Safe Space, a show that's devoted to subjects that are hard to talk about because they make us feel vulnerable, afraid, or ashamed. This month, we've been exploring the subject of bad mother anxiety. My guest tonight is Nicole Chasen, and we're going to be talking about her new book, The Passion of the Housefrau, which is a collection of her stories, her hero's journey through motherhood. Nicole has been writing and publishing Housefrau Mothazine for six years. She's the mother of two kids, ages 11 and 7. She lives right here in Portland. She just had a play produced from her stories, and Nicole has just published on June 16th her first book, The Passion of the Housefrau. Welcome to Safe Space, Nicole. Thank you. It's good to be here. I want to start out with the title, The Passion of the Housefrau. Tell me how you chose that. <laughs> well, um, I have been doing uh, Housefrau, the zine, for, um, which is like a little magazine, um, for six years. And um, I started noticing that the stories were, you know, they really could make a book t- together. Um, and so, uh, I came up with sort of a trajectory. So the stories read individually as stories, but then they also, it's like one longer narrative. And, um, I, I realized also that it, it was a hero's journey. In other words, that the, the main character, the housefrau starts in one place and goes through a series of challenges and, um, sort of dies in a way and is reborn, which is the, the classical hero's journey myth that all, you know, classic heroes like Ulysses and Odysseus and um, Star Wars, you know, Luke Skywalker, all of them um, go on hero's journeys. And um, But there'd never been a hero's journey written from a, a mother's point of view in Western literature. At least I have never been able to find one. Um, this is kind of the long version of the go question. So um, I thought, gee, you know, it's time for a hero's journey from the point of view of a mother. But the the, the most classic hero's journey of all is the Christ's uh, Jesus Christ's um, journey and um, crucifixion and resurrection. And of course, Mel Gibson had come out with a movie called The Passion of the Christ, and I thought. The passion of the housefrau <laughs> just has a certain ring to it. And also, I think my friend Jennifer London might have suggested it as well. Um, I can't really remember, but it all came together just, you know, and I was like, yes. Right. Yes. It was striking to me because I think of passion also, you know, like from St. Matthew's passion or some uh, similar right. sort of a Christ connection. And almost about this combination of this intense love with suffering i mean passion i think of in that mm. way is to do with suffering yeah and um yes something that i read of yours set talked about how in this journey of motherhood we can go from intense love for our children to abject hatred mm-hmm. and that the word passion seemed to capture that yes and i was so struck at your courage in using that expression abject hatred Hmm. You don't see that in a lot of the parenting books that I read recently. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, ambivalence, yes, but abject hatred, maybe not. And I'm interested in hearing about your, how it was for you to decide to be that honest, that bare. Well, um, I had to be. I, you know, after I had my kids, I, um, I felt 
like I needed to write because I had written, you know, for years before I had kids, I had to write my truth because it wasn't being shown to me anywhere else in a way. And um, like there's Anne Lamott's Operating Instructions, which is a book that um, I read when I became a mom. That's awesome book. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, she really tells the truth in there. And then um, Ariel Gore's book, um, The Mother Trip also. And, um, but, you know, there was a dearth of uh, media that spoke to me as a mother. And I felt like if I don't start telling the truth about this, I'm going to lose my mind. You know what I mean? So I, I guess it was from that. So it was born out of need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did it help you keep your mind to write? (laughs) No. That's the big myth of writers. (laughs) No, it it did. I mean, yes, writing the magazine, you know, um, having my own deadlines and meeting my deadlines. And because I was a stay-at-home mom, I was working, too, you know, um, part-time. But um, most of the time I was at home with the kids. And, um, you know, I needed something for myself. And uh, writing, you know, writing the, the house for house stories mm-hmm. really, yeah, it did keep me sane. Yeah. You know, I want to, I, I want to stay with this idea because I think that, um, you know, the, the theme right now is bad mother anxiety and all the ways that we feel bad about ourselves as mothers. And so this idea that there can be moments when you hate your own child, this child that you do most of the time love sometimes right. intensely, um, it, there's something so freeing to have that be acknowledged. Hmm. And yet, the, the, you know, um, so few other people are saying it. Um, are there times where you still, st- you haven't really said this, but where you struggle to feel okay that sometimes you feel that way? Um, well, it's getting, I think as I get older and have more experience as a mother, that kind of, uh, that that passion that mm-hmm. that gets less and less. Uh, not that I don't still feel very strongly about my children, but there's something about that, like, newborn through four years old Something phase. to do with sleep deprivation, maybe. Perhaps, where it's just so raw. And, like, one minute I felt hatred, and the two minutes later I felt love. And just, you know, my, my um, swings <laughs> don't occur that like that anymore really it's um, interesting that's my experience also and I, I yeah. what I've heard is that your children are 11 and 7 apparently you may be headed back into that shortly right with adolescence right. I think you start that you go back there to that really passionate you know, right. stuff but right now I'm kind of coasting a little bit <laughs> it's getting a little easier in other words Right, so you'll have the material for your next book after adolescence, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> yeah. right, and have have you experienced judgment from people for having written that? It's interesting. I think not not to my face. I'm sure people have judged me um, behind my back. No one's said anything to my face about it. Um, but I think maybe because... It's a com the the book is a comedy. It's a funny book in a lot of ways. Um, Very funny. I almost lost it in a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, that I think somehow the humor helps make like Oscar Wilde once said, um, "If you're going to tell somebody the truth, you better make them laugh, or they're going to want to kill you." Uh-huh. So I think the humor helps that. 
You know what I mean? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. I actually want to talk about the subject of judgment. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge part of what makes parenting so difficult, I think. Yeah. Not only the internal judgment that we have, oh my gosh, am I doing this right? Will this have horrible consequences? But also the judgment that we experience from other mothers, anonymous mothers, Mm -hmm. family. And um, I loved one of the chapters in your book where you talk about the inferno, the place where people who deserve to be severely punished. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Just that alone just made me laugh so much. And you list the people who need to be severely punished and you have this sort of list of people who have judged you Mm -hmm. and um it was just so freeing to laugh about it but i was i'm interested in in the connection between judging and and our 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 sort of maternal perfectionism how hard we try Mm -hmm. and in particular you identify yourself in the book as someone who's practiced attachment parenting Mm -hmm. which i think of as um probably the most high maintenance kind of really really uh give of yourself every second not that mothers in every way aren't doing that i don't mean to disparage but it's such a it's a challenging way to parent Mm -hmm. and um i'm curious whether you've encountered judgment about that or whether you think your adherence to attachment parenting has made you more judgmental of others Mm. because it seems connected to me yeah well it's as you were talking i i flashed back on what i said earlier about those early earlier days of parenting, like being, you know, the parent of a four-year-old and a newborn. Um, I think at that point, like the attachment parenting thing was all important to me. And um, I, I don't know, as I've gotten older, I guess I'm very attached to my children, but it's not um, the anxiety that goes along with it isn't there as much. It's not as driven by anxiety as it was. In the beginning, like, I think my attachment parenting was driven by anxiety now that I really think about it. Say more about that. Um, I think it was driven by the fact that, like, um, I was afraid, like, if I didn't carry my baby in a sling on my body all the time that there would, you know, be something wrong with her. Right, exactly. <laughs> or something. And there's a, way, there's a way that the attachment parenting stuff, which I think has tremendous value feeds that anxiety a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it almost says, you know, you have to have nurse your baby forever, have your baby in your bed forever, and carry your baby on your body forever, or else something bad will happen. Right. It kind of feeds bad mother anxiety. Right, it does. I love that term, bad mother anxiety, actually. I never... Did you coin that term? I don't know. It might come. Might have come from my yell at Waldman's book okay. on bad mother. All right. But well, it's, gr- it's a great term, and I think... Um, I think I was def- I definitely had bad mother anxiety when I, you know, had little little ones. I think there's something so appealing about attachment parenting because it makes us feel like okay, okay, it's so clear what I have to do to be a good mother. Mm-hmm. I just have to do these things, and then, then maybe it can. It's like a bulwark against that anxiety, right? Yeah, it's like you. We're always looking for the, you know, the silver bullet or whatever. I, if I do this, then this will be okay. You know. Um, but I guess when I really look back at it, um, I was a complete mess <laughs> because every single thing in my vicinity posed a threat, I guess. Or, And then on top of it, you know, the food thing, you know, right. oh, that's poison. You're going to kill your baby. You know, you're going to give your baby brain damage. Right. 
You're poisoning your baby. Um, right, pesticides, trans fats, et cetera, et cetera. The phthalates, or however you pronounce that, right. and the plastics. and Bisphenol the, A. Yeah. Yes. You know, the sleepwear coated with poison. Right, plastic. flame retardant. <laughs> No. You know, There's so like, many things to keep you up at night. <laughs> you see the world as a toxic hellhole. Oh, could I say that on the air? Yes, you okay. can. <laughs> this is WMPG. <laughs> my name is Dr. Anne. This is Safe Space. My guest is Nicole Chasen. We're talking about her book, The Passion of the Housefrau, and about some of that intense anxiety that goes along with the first few years of, of mothering. My my child is younger than yours, so I'm in, I'm really thrilled to hear that you're coasting. And um, what do you think it is that it really is easier? Is it just the kids that get easier as they get older? Is it that you trust yourself more? What? what yeah, both changed? of those things. And also, I'm too tired to care as much. <laughs> you know, I just, and I have my own life back. Like, I'm doing my own thing. Like, I feel like that was another thing in the beginning with the kids. Like, they were so my center of the universe that... Mm. I didn't, I lost myself, and this is a big thing in the book, you know? Um, yeah. And now, like, I'm in my center, mm-hmm. and my kids are part of of it, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not... Um, and other times, I mean, I think one of the things that, that I yell at Wallman does is she defines bad mother anxiety as the fear of doing anything that isn't about pure self-abnegation, you know, that good mother is about being unselfish, always putting your child's needs before your own. And so when I hear you say, you know, I am the center of my own life now, something about that feels so wonderful and reclaiming. But is there another part of you that thinks, gulp, is that bad? Yeah, um, like I have, you know, like being here right now, like my, I was just at the Kiwanis pool swimming with um, my husband and my daughter and um, some friends. And, you know, I said, I, Mama's got to go now. I'm going to be on the radio. And, you know, my daughter was like, no, no, don't go, you know. And I was like. My son said the same thing for me to come here, too. Like, yeah. Oh, right. And then I did. I had that flash of, like, you know, I'm being, I'm, you know, losing this opportunity to to really connect with my daughter in the pool because I'm going to hawk my book, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, there was that flash. And then I'm like. Oh, right. well, that's, you know. that And that moment comes almost every day, it seems. Uh, yeah, several times a day. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I don't mean to restrict Right, but it. it's like somehow I'm <laughs> able to push it away, Yeah, you know, or not dwell on it. I want to change the subject now to a, a little bit more about truth-telling. Um, I think part of what makes the book so funny and so powerful in certainly making me as a reader feel so connected to you and um, so relieved <laughs> um, was how honest you, you were. And um, t- I'd love to hear about the process for you of, of was it a struggle to be so honest? What were your internal prohibitions that you had to work through about revealing yourself in all your mixedness, revealing some of your family members that way? Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled a lot with, um, actually most of it came pretty easy and I didn't have a lot of struggle. Um, but Mm. the parts with my mother, I had a lot of struggle and, um, because there, those are some of the more serious parts of the book. They are serious, you know? And, um, like the other stuff, I really could use humor as a way to depict, you know, potentially painful or deep um 
issues or shameful things, but the stuff with my mom, I just had a hard time. I, you know, um, I wanted to be respectful and compassionate and also tell the truth, but it, you know, so, and I, and I, um, so yeah, I struggled with that. There's a lot, there's a lot of, um, myself, um, and my mother's relationship is really the key. Like we had talked about, you know, like creativity springing from a wound. Um, you know, I think that mother daughter bond is like really powerful and wounding and all that. Um, so, so to be even more specific about it, if it feels comfortable, so your creativity com- springing from a wound, um, how, how, do, how do the wounds in your relationship with your mother, uh, let's start with the book, how, how did that affect um, how you decided to write and what you decided to write about? Well, it's interesting because, like, the book starts off, my mother gives me a gift, which is a book that... Um, one of my old classmates from high school had written who he went on to become a famous football player named Bill Romanowski. And, um, he wrote a biography, um, about being a football player and it, and it was all about, you know, facing your demons and so forth. And when my mom gave that to me, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You're giving me this book by, you know, cause it was like totally incoherent and, um, you had two ghostwriters too, didn't you? Yeah, Not two. one, but two. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I thought like my mother was giving me that book because she was trying to say like you know, look, Bill Romanowski has a book out, and you don't, you know. And um, but through the course of my journey, I realized that um, it was me. It was my baggage. It was my issue. That was me. I was I was feeling insecure because I didn't have a book, and I always wanted to, and so. Um, the wound there, I guess, was just always feeling like I never felt like my mother respected me as a writer or took me seriously as a writer. And, um, I think sort of the book grew out of that wound somehow. Out of your determination to take yourself seriously as a writer, despite that? Right. Yeah. That's what yeah. it seems like yeah. in reading it. It's yeah. very powerful in watching you kind of own own your own gifts and deciding that even as a housefrau, quote unquote, you know, you had so much to say that was heroic. Mm. Yeah. And how, sort of the second part of my question then is, how do you feel like your relationship with your mom affected your experience of being a mother? I know that's huge, but. Yeah. Um, well, I felt like I always, what I wanted most from my mom was to feel connected to her. In so, in a in sort of like a like on a profound level, like we feel connection with people. You know, like when I met you yesterday, I felt a connection immediately with you. Like I, I always wanted to feel that with my mother, and I really never have. So, I think, um, like I parent, like I probably go overboard, but I'm always trying to feel more connected to my kids. I drive. I'm actually driving my son crazy at this point <laughs> because you know he's getting to that stage where he doesn't want to be mothered as much or whatever, or as connected to me as I want to be to him, which is another heartache in itself. But um, 
Um, you tell this hilarious story in the book about the love note in his lunchbox. Right. Captures, and then how him saying, like, I already know you love me, Mom. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's, you know, really self-conscious, like, around his friends now and, um, you know, doesn't want... Like, we were walking down the street together the other day, and, like, some of his friends were on the street, and he kind of, like, walked ahead of me, you know? Mm. Stuff like that. Um, but I feel... I don't know. What was the original question? <laughs> Just about, you know, you, you talk about creativity springing from the wound, and that really interests me so much. And I think about also, though, the ch- how difficult it is to be a mom. And if you feel like your relationship with your mom was wounding, which, of course, it is for all of us. Yeah. And, and we all, in some ways, have to come to terms with the fact that we will also wound our children, which is mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Um. You know, how has that shaped? When I, when you talked about the, the first four years that were so difficult, I found myself wondering, were you, was it, was you, were you trying so hard partly because you so wanted to do it differently? Yes, definitely. Yeah. I wanted my children to always feel connected to me. Mm-hmm. And so then when, when George is walking ahead of you and he's sort of dissing you, does it break your heart a little? Like, how do you... A little bit, but I also know, like... I know that's normal, and, um, you know, I I kind of am glad, in a way, because I feel like I can be okay with that, and he can be okay with that, and it's all right. You've come a long way. Yeah, definitely. Phew, <laughs> <laughs> what a relief. This is WMPG. My name is Dr. Anne. This is Safe Space. I'm talking to Nicole Chasen about her book, The Passion of the Housefrau, and I want to just tell you, for me, reading this book, I just, I, first of all, I did almost wet myself on a plane, but I, I loved it so much, and I did feel, it's interesting to hear you use the word connection, I felt very connected to you, never having met you, and um, connected to the, the struggle, and I'm curious about how, how other women are reacting, how other mothers are reacting to it, and kind of how you want to use the book now in the future. Mm-hmm. Well, I love it because people have been emailing me and, you know, people from all over the country. Like I just got an email the other day from a a woman who um, is, her husband is in the military and she read the book and really loved it. You know, and she's like, I'm a, I'm a subset of the house fraudum. I'm the army base frau or whatever, you know, and just really connecting. And I love that. Um, and they tell me stories about their housefrau moments, which I kind of define as, you know, both hilarious and mortifying at the same time, you know, it would be a housefrau moment. Um, yes. So, or hilarious in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. For sometimes a long way into the future. Right. Yes. Um, you know, and, you know, and I just put my kids down for a nap and uh, I just had to write you and, you know, I, I love that. And um, it's great. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Because they feel like, yeah, they feel like but they're friends, even though we don't know each other, you know. Yeah. You mentioned something about um, using, uh, inviting other women to come and hear stories to them. And I wonder, tell me a little bit more about what you were saying. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, um I I thought it would be a good idea because I just remember when my kids were um, little um, that I would use any excuse I could to get out of the house, especially in the winter, in the fall, in the winter, like when it's really starting to get nasty out. 
um, to go to like story hour for kids at the library or the bookstore or whatever. You know, so you, and you have to plan it perfectly because of the napping schedule. So like the first one goes down for their nap at this time and, you know, and then wakes up and then the other one's going to nap and then, but, but it seems like 10 a.m. is a good, for some reason that works well. That's between naps. And <laughs> <laughs> so I decided it would be fun to have a story hour for moms where, you know, moms can get out of the house and be come together and listen to stories written for them. Um, funny stories, you know, from the book or other stories that I'm writing. So um, I, we, we pl I planned the first one that's going to be at Longfellow Books on September 12th at 10 a.m., and it's, I think we're going to do like treat, treat moms like queens for an hour. Like we're going to do valet parking and, oh, that's great. um, you know, well, they get to lie down and listen to the story, whatever the they want, <laughs> whatever they want. We're going to have chocolate. Dean's sweets is, um, do you, have you ever had Dean's sweets? They're, they're truffles. No, oh, they're amazing. They're, they have a store downtown called Dean's sweets and they do these amazing truffles. So we're going to have chocolate and, you know, just have fun with moms. That sounds so great. Yeah. I think that so many moms go to those events because they are just desperate for connection yeah, with each other. that's right. And they're so lonely and mm -hmm. isolated and it's really desperate. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit more about, um, so I wonder if you might even tell a little bit of a story from the book. I hadn't give you that advance warning I was going to put you on the oh, spot, yeah. so <laughs> you are allowed to duck out of this offer. I actually haven't read the book myself. Oh, you so haven't? I, <laughs> I, I recommend it very highly. <laughs> You're going to love it. Um, one of the sections in the book is about the sort of the trials, the initiation and going into these sort of one step after another in the hero's journey, and mm -hmm. lice comes to mind yes. as one of them, but yep. <laughs> I wondered if there was a story that you would share with us. Of a, of a house for a moment that was hilarious in retrospect, but mortifying in the moment. Yeah, I, I have to say that lice pretty much typifies, I mean, that is like the classic. In fact, you know, I st I, that's the most reason people contact me, actually, is oh. to find out lice advice. In fact, this past week, I've had three people oh, no. contact me through the phone or email. This is the role you were always looking yeah. forward to having, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm actually thinking about writing a book on lice because... There isn't one out there. <laughs> they need you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we were, let's see, Dora was like a year and a half, <clears throat> my daughter, and my son was four and a half, no, five. And um, we got lice. We were living in a fixer-upper um, Victorian that was being totally torn apart and um, had lead paint all over the place, so we had to get that removed. So we had to move out of our house but we got lice right before we were supposed to move out and um we got rid of it really fast and the kids because um I was diligent like well Dora didn't have it at all because she was an innocent but um George had a few in so we got rid of it pretty quick but Craig and I we couldn't get rid of the lice mm. especially in my head because the thing about lice is you really have to diligently pick them out the knits Am I grossing you out? No, I read the book and I was okay. right there. Thank okay. I haven't had to go there yet, oh. but I'm I'm now prepared yeah. having read your chapter. Yeah. Um pick pick the knits out and you have to like just do it like strand by strand by strand. And I mean it can take hour like you spend mm. hours a day. 
And like I was really good at picking the nits out of Craig's hair, but he wasn't so good at picking the nits out of mine. <laughs> I say. <laughs> Which is pretty typical. I've talked to a lot of women so who just end up shaving their heads because And you did that, didn't you? Yes, or you got a I had him shave my head. Be, to get rid of them because I just couldn't take it anymore, you know. And how was that for you to walk around with this <laughs> intense haircut? Um, I thought I looked badass. <laughs> Did you wear black and chains just to work it a little bit? No, I dyed my hair platinum. I tried to work with it, you know. I dyed yeah. my hair platinum blonde, and um, I wanted to look like, um, you know, Amy Mann, that hip lady rocker or whatever. I thought, like, oh, I'll have a cute spiky haircut and I'll be really badass. And I I just like looking at pictures of myself from that time. I I look like, um, do you remember Susan Powder? No. fitness guru? No. Look, look like, I say in the book, I looked like Susan Powder after a um, particularly bad binge involving fried dough and Cap'n Morgan's and Coke. Oh. <laughs> 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 ah, gee, how a feeling. <laughs> or like Laurie Anderson or so, like, like, um, I don't know how I put it in the book, but something like, you know, bloated Laurie Anderson or something. Mm. Yeah. Your best attractive <laughs> moment. <laughs> you know, I realize, Nicole, we are going to have to stop. I want to ask you if you could tell people how they can get your book, how they can re- how they can get copies of your zine, because I understand you're still publishing oh, it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about how people can find you and read your stuff. Sure. Okay. Um, the next issue of the zine is going to be coming out in a couple weeks, actually, and I'm really excited about it. Um, it's going to have some original art in it um, by Deborah Klotz, a really amazing artist. Each each um, magazine is going to have an original piece of art from her in it. So each mm. copy. Oh wow! Yeah, um, and you can get um, the zine. You can either go to my website, which is www.thehousefrau.com, and make sure you put the before housefrau because if you just put housefrau, it's um, a German porn site, okay. which is very <laughs> interesting. And um, or you can go to my um, website for the book passionofthehousefrau.com. And, um, you know, there are links there about where you can get the book. You can get it at Longfellow Books um, and um, Barnes & Noble. Wonderful. And that orders. date again for the Story Hour for Moms is September, September 12th. September 12th at Longfellow Books. And I'll right. have more information on that on my website. Yep. Wonderful. Nicole, thank you so much for being my guest. It's Thanks. really been a pleasure really to have great. you. My thanks to for to Jen Hodgson for being the sound guru and Maurice Lennon for the music. My name is Dr. Anne. This is Safe Space. If you'd like to contact me to get more information or to suggest a new topic for a show, email me at drannewmpg at gmail.com. That's dr.annewmpg at gmail.com. Next Wednesday at 7.30, I'll be hosting Dr. Amy Gottlieb with more on the subject of bad mother anxiety. Coming up next is Money Talks with Allison.